Welcome back, Late Bloomers. My name is Tom. And I'm Gene. And welcome to Late Bloomer, Tom and Gene. Thank you guys so much for our feedback last week. She had a blast. We got so much great feedback. I know all y'all want to see her Brazzers video. We'll let you know once we find out. And yeah. this week, we got a good one. I'm excited for this one, Gene. Yes, we are. Why don't you bring yes, them in right now? Yeah. So this week, we have on LA's number one celebrity and rapper event producer. Number one. Also known as the Hollywood Genie because he makes your <laughs> wishes come true Woo! in LA. Let's go. Ashwin Jacob. Woo! Thank you Thank so you much for, for coming guys on. on you know? We appreciate you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you, this Hollywood Genie? Well, essentially, I'm like the uh, genie in Aladdin. I'm just not capped to three wishes. It depends on how much money you have. Okay. I can't make anyone fall in love with you. I can bring them around you, and uh, I don't kill people. It's not really my vibe, and I can't bring anyone back from the dead. So, you know, we're kind of okay, aligned. So, so we're limited a little bit for these wishes. Okay. Yeah, we're limited. You know, just I have the same restrictions as Will Smith and okay. uh, Robin Williams did. Okay. 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 That's an interesting interesting spectrum now. So let's learn about you a little bit more. What was your childhood like back in the day, before this Hollywood scene, before everything? What so was that like? I like to describe myself as uh, ethnically confused. That's probably okay. the best way to describe my childhood. Okay. I'm an Indian kid that grew up in Boston, okay. and I spoke with a Boston accent for the majority of my life, and I was raised primarily around, like, Latinos. So, like, I'm extremely ethnically confused. Yeah. I speak like I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I park the car in Harvard Yard. I drink okay. a beer. I go to the fucking packy. Okay. Uh, Wicked but, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and like I speak some Italian because I lived in Italy, so you know, probably Italiano, you'll be done a friend. Okay. So I'm extremely just confused as to who I am, and uh, Boston's a great place to live, except if you're brown. You know, you can be gay, you can choose whatever pronoun you are. <laughs> yeah. I actually can't be brown. My pronouns aren't uh, he or him. It's actually, uh, I go by Apache Helicopter. <laughs> okay. You can refer to me as Apache <laughs> or Helicopter because that's what I choose to identify as. Is that on your LinkedIn they're, as well? Yeah, they're, they're totally cool with that in Boston. Okay. Uh, the Astro in Boston is uh, you can be brown, just be a professional athlete for you know one of the Boston teams. If you're not for the Boston or team, Celtics, and then yeah, you know that'd be amazing. Like the local cricket team. Or <laughs> no, whatever. no, 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 no. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's basketball, football, baseball, and I think we just won the lacrosse championship in oh, Boston. Congratulations! You know? I mean, Boston, I feel like is the sports capital oh, yeah. of the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, right it's now? angry people that love sports. Yeah, mm -hmm. just drinking because like crazy. New York and L.A. are passionate about sports, but like Boston. I feel like that's all they're really known for. Well, you know? I mean, they're good the at Red a lot. Sox, right? Yeah. The, and Bruins and the Celtics. Yeah, right, right. So, like, were you in your high school years and even before that? Were you bullied? What were you like from fifth to eighth grade, from ninth to twelfth? What were you like? Okay, so I grew up in a pretty like good environment. So, if okay. you met me years ago, most people like when I was a little kid would like try and bully me. Okay. But then I became friends with the people that bullied other people. <laughs> um, so, like, Strategy. I was with, like, everybody's, like, goon. So, like, if you messed with me, there was somebody that was way bigger than me that yeah. was going to beat you up. Uh, were, were we talking, like, high school? or what Like, since talking? I was a kid, dude, like... Okay. Like fifth grade, middle school even? No, I'm talking like seven, eight years old. Like, <laughs> you had the plug for I had the, the bigger people? Yeah, okay. like people would, like, you know, like people would mess you up. Like, yeah. I came from, like, a rough environment and, like... It really is true. Like, people are like, oh, like, you know, racism isn't really alive. Uh -huh. Boston desegregated schools in 1991. Really? 1991? What? I was alive when schools were still segregated in Boston proper. I didn't Wait, know that. I can't, what? That's real. 91? Are you 1991, serious? 1991, Boston public schools, like, fully, like, desegregated. Like, You're saying by desegregated, there were black schools and white schools. In Not 1990. but they didn't, like, have, like, minorities in certain areas. Like, Boston's very, like, Okay, okay, divided. so not, not by, like, law. It was just well when they started busing kids in, there were rocks getting thrown at black kids oh, okay. in 1991, 1992. You know, there was a thing with Mark uh, Wahlberg that came out about him stabbing an Asian guy and throwing rocks at like buses. Holy so, shit! So, like, Boston's like shit. yeah, you know, but I mean, you place. could say the same about like South Carolina. Like technically, like, it's desegregated, but like they're still racist. Well, people. but it's kind I, of interesting because yeah, like Boston's that's known more, like, as intellectuals yeah. and like it's, it's just overt there. like racism. It's not yeah. like hidden in like undertones. And yeah. uh, the thing like growing up like that was like I knew I needed to be part of like a clique to like get mm -hmm. respected. And like in life, you're either going to be like respected or people are going to walk all over you and i knew that i could never advance beyond a certain level because like right. even with like being like an 18 year old 19 year old kid i got recruited by playboy right. and like i was able to move up and i was able to do stuff like with clubs all over the country but in boston if the team got fired from that club everybody else would get their last check i wouldn't get paid for strictly because you're brown 
It wasn't strictly because I'm brown, but they're Asian. I mean, like, I they would do it. That, be, that was the real reason. No that's one what's the real they, they said something else. Like, I could literally like, work at a club. Like, there was a time I showed up to a club with a very popular Boston Patriots player, and yeah. I hosted the club the night before. The door guy knows me. Like, we're friends. Like, yeah. he knows right. my name. And he's like, I can't let you in. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's what? like, I just can't let you in. You're wearing like sneakers. I'm like, I wore sneakers yesterday. And he's yeah, like, I just can't let you sneakers. in. <laughs> what a stupid like, justify. I'm here with like literally an athlete from the Patriots. That was yeah. my. Che- I didn't know he played for the Patriots. This was my buddy. We went to the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, okay. Uh, and here's my Cheesecake Factory buddy. Okay. And he's like, we all need like, I play for the Patriots, and this is a Patriots themed party. <laughs> like, how are we not getting in? And I had to go get like a friend that also worked there, and he's like, Yo, like he plays for the Patriots, and he hosted last night. You know him. You had to talk to like the owner, and it was like a whole wow, thing. And like the owner works for like a guy that I know from Boston. That's like family is like pretty mobbed up over there. Yeah, and like that was like the plug, and that would be like the reiterating conversation, and that was like a reoccurring theme even to this point in my life. Like I'm known as somebody that has interviewed the top nightclub uh, owners in the world, like David Grotman, Jesse Waits. Mm-hmm. They run like Live Story. The new uh, the Wind, Stra- the is, what's the new spot in Miami that he just opened up? The Strawberry uh, something or the Good Time Hotel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like these are people that I know. I'm at their personal houses. I have yeah. their cell phone numbers, but I will show up to their door, and their door people will insult me. And like when I started doing like hosting gigs at nightclubs and stuff as like wow. a personality, I literally put it into my contract. I'm like, if I get insulted by your staff, I'm keeping my money and I'm leaving. Yeah. And, like, that's something that I have to do. And, like, um, actually, most recently, I was in Vegas at the AVNs. My best Mm -hmm. friend is a DJ, Greg Gatsby. Mm -hmm. We live together. And one of our other good friends is Carter Cruz, who's an amazing DJ, but also known for her adult films. Mm -hmm. We went to a nightclub, and it's super funny. And, like, I live my life by this weird motto. Streetcar called Desire. There's a line where it's, like, I live my life off the generosity of kind men. I live my life off the generosity of beautiful blonde women. Um, <laughs> it's so quite lucrative. Club and this group, and like the majority of our group are like adult actresses. I represented one of the biggest OnlyFans girls at that period of time. Right. So we're all there. Everyone is getting like a chill process at the door. They stop me. They're like, you're definitely not with us. And then like she's headlining the show that night. She yeah. comes over and she's like, no, he's with our crew. Like I know him really well. They're like, are you sure you know him? And she's like, yeah, they're harassing you because like you look like you're Indian. Yeah. And the wildest yeah. part about this is, you guys both work in a nightlife. Yeah. Brown people spend the most money in clubs. That's true. They That's alienate true. us. So like, yeah. I live my life around this new model yeah. where I was like, I'm tired of being asexualized, being yeah. put down, being like, just told that I'm a nerd when my lifestyle is. Like, I worked with Playboy when yeah. I was 19, throwing parties. Right. So that, that, so that motto you ingrained in you at what, 16, 17, late high school? I'd say like probably like, like 13. 13. I'd say really like young. really young because like That's some I still shit. have that insecurity and sure. like weird scenarios. If like right. if I'm out with a girl and she likes me one day, uh-huh. there's always these weird conversations. And like I'm a little bit ethnically ambiguous. So like sometimes people won't catch on because of the way I dress or whatever sure. that I'm Indian. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll literally listen to girls in the <laughs> same car dog another Indian guy that yeah. some other girl is flirting with. And I'm like, wow, this is like just so oh, brutal yeah. to know that is a reason. But like yeah. people won't admit that's a reason. Like, wow. I've had people tell me, like, oh, I like guys that are a little bit more, like, street or urban. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm guarding a door at a hip-hop party, literally on Friday. Every dude dressed like over six else. feet yeah. tall. I'm five foot eight. I weigh 150 pounds. I got a good body muscle mass. But, like, I'm definitely weaker than some of these dudes that I yeah. am, like, pressing away from my door. I'm doing yeah. security, like, bigger than, like, BCIS bodyguards. Right. And people are like, you're telling me I'm not hood enough because yeah. you're perception of what is hood a lot of times is somebody that had affluent parents right. bought a lot of jewelry but if they get put in a corner they're gonna pass over their jewelry yeah. immediately yeah. whereas yeah. like their I, definition of hood isn't really even hood yeah. it's like hip-hop rapper it hood, looks yeah. like right? what a rapper is whereas yeah. like that because if they met a guy from the projects earlier. like that's they're, not that's, that's not, not what they're expecting <laughs> that's not what that's gonna happen they're like a pretty boy maybe even a light-skinned guy yeah right they just want a chris brown you know he's not yeah, like, they have the he's light not beating you he's just dance battling yeah. he got a little he'll steal your girl i mean he might be beating you yeah oh oh okay wow so i want to i want to backtrack a little bit because that was really fucking fast that was for everyone wondering that was really fast yeah you did a bunch of shit. Playboy. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, you hosted a ton of parties for of celebrities, party. rappers. How did you even get into that industry? Yeah. So I always wanted to be in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And there was like no way like I could figure out how to do it. My parents are first generation immigrants. My mom works on assembly line. My dad works at a bank. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, this is unrealistic. And I wanted to be Carson Daly. I remember going home watching TRL. 
I wanted to be Carson Daly. And I ended up, like, having an audition for something along the lines of Carson Daly. Yeah. And they're like, there's no way you're going to hit the hot white girl demographic in middle America. Yeah. And this was, like, when I'm 19 years old. Yeah. So I ended up going on spring break. I had a fake ID at that point. Yeah. Hopefully the cops don't arrest me. There's statute of <laughs> limitations. I'm over. Th- I'm, I'm old enough now. You'll be fine. Uh, so I went to this club and I had a uh, ID that was definitely fake. Yeah. And they were doing this promotion with Girls Gone Wild hosting at the club, and they were giving away tickets to go to the Playboy Mansion. And Entourage was the most popular show that I'd yeah. watched with my frat brothers. Yeah. And I was like, how cool to be be Johnny Drama and get kicked out of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. And I watched this event and nothing really happened. And that summer I got hired by Playboy and ended up going to the Playboy Mansion. And like that happened because I moved to Florence. I had a thousand euros and I needed to make money. And like somebody thought I was good with girls and I wasn't good with girls at that point. I just had a Boston accent and I was really good at saying this line, free shot, no cover over and over. Uh, And getting (laughs) girls to like stop and like talk to me and come out to this club. And then they were like, oh, you're really good with like this specific demographic. And then by doing the Playboy thing, a lot of my best friends ended up becoming Playboy playmates. Right. Those at that point were like bigger than an Instagram influencer because social media was still in like the MySpace Facebook mm-hmm. days. So a Playmate was the first version of right, like an right. Insta baddie that every signs. celebrity, every rapper wanted to know. Yeah. And uh, they had two choices. Either I'm your girl's like friend mm-hmm. or I'm your competition yeah. or I'm your ally. And a lot of guys chose to make me their ally. And I found weird mm-hmm. ways of bringing value. Their way and you were how old? 19. 19. So I didn't know my way, and I have no sense of direction to this day. I GPS everything. Like, places I go every day for years, Mm -hmm. I put it in my GPS so I know which way I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I did was I got these maps. I got, like, two maps. And I'm like, if I lose a map, I still need a map to be able to get home and go back. So I did this walk, like, two or three times. So I was, like, pretty positive where the walk was, and I gave this destination out. So I went to this orientation. I knew about three people in Florence at this point, and I was sitting with a random grouping of people because I didn't like the kids from my school. So I sat next to this random girl. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you know what's going on, but like, I know this club and I can get you a free shot and no cover. You want to come? And she's like, hey, is it cool if I invite some of my girlfriends? And I'm like, sure. And I'm like, here, meet me at this location. This one statue in Piazza del Santa Croce. Mm-hmm. And um, I said that to like another girl. I said to like four or five other girls of this sort of thing. And I told my roommate, and I'm like, Jimmy, I think you should come with me. I'm bringing like a group of girls. There's at least like three or four of me. He's like, I don't know. Like the other guys are going out. They got like a big group of girls. I'm like, just trust me I, I just need like a guy to like help me out and like my first day on this gig i ended up going to this piazza and i walked in a group of 125 girls my second day in florence Italy. Holy and shit. the nightclub owner had a friend that worked for playboy and i remember like i asked him like have you ever invited like fabio to go to the playboy mansion he's like i invite him all the time he never wants to go and i'm like listen you ever need anybody to help you i'm your guy and then i started doing these little play by promotion pop-offs around the country booking playmates and I lived my life kind of like the opposite of a streetcar called Desire by this quote, which is, I live my life off the generosity of kind, rich men, mm-hmm. which is I live my life off the generosity of beautiful women. And mm-hmm. these girls put me in a position to be around some of the world's biggest celebrities, athletes, and I was able to kind of figure out a unique value proposition to get into the entertainment space. Gotcha. So you went from wow. promoting at a club as a flyer guy. Mm-hmm. And then your second night working, you brought 125 girls, and the owner of that club introduced you to the Playboy guy, and the Playboy guy and you started hitting it off, and then you started working for him. It was twofold. So the Playboy guy was his friend who was like coming to visit, and then the guy who got me that job, uh, Josh Kelburn, um, got sick like two or three days into like mm, after wow. us like working there, and he ended up in the hospital. And our deal was we were splitting the money that we made on the nights that I did with him 50-50. Mm-hmm. So when he went to the hospital, I continued to split my share off of the work I was doing with, with him, him 50-50. So that wow. approached like a level of loyalty that that Playboy guy wasn't used to seeing. So like wow. that became one of my best friends. We're still friends to this day, that whole grouping of guys from Florence. We were uh, what I like to call the lost boys of Florence. <laughs> there you, go. you know, we yeah. all had very different lifestyles, but we were all kind of lost in one weird way. And like that city really made an immense mark of telling me that I can be greater than what my environment in Boston told me I could be. Right, right. I mean, just taking the initiative at 19, I couldn't have done that at 19. There's no way. Just to, like ask random people to come to a party with me, I couldn't do that. And there's no social proof. At this point, yeah. there's zero social yeah. proof. Yeah. I'm a random Indian kid with a shaved up head, wearing <laughs> super baggy clothes and giant like obnoxious Which pieces probably of probably wasn't even the style in Italy. Probably not in Italy. Right? Not really in Italy, but like it was a style in like hip hop. Right. So like yeah. I was interesting to people and I I played off the the perception of what people thought. Wow. That's and insane. Now That's what amazing. did you do after Italy? 
So after Italy, I came back to America and I started like reaching out to these clubs and I'm still 19. Yeah. So I'd figure out like weird ways to get into these clubs not to check my ID or I'd bring like my fake ID that I went on spring break with. Yeah. I'd go to these clubs and show up with these playmates and I'd host these events and I'd find like other girls that wanted to like come to events or parties and like kind of like just do these weird like marketing finesses. And I ended up being like, hey, like the parties are cool, but if I got into the digital side of the marketing, which was like what Playboy Corporate did, uh-huh. I could make a bigger impact. So I'd come up with like viral marketing stunts, like doing Playboy tanning stickers on spring breaks. So I'd go to like the biggest spring break cities. I'd bring a camera crew, a bodyguard, and I'd be wearing all the Playboy gear. And I'd literally put tanning stickers on girls right above their thigh, yeah. give them the Playboy suntan lotion, and we'd make it into a trend. So I came up with concepts that would become a trend or something that would have future value for brand recognition and value and made it cool. So how, you I mean, see them everywhere. Yeah, well, Every that, I'm just has those stickers. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they um, and they tattooed them. Right. I, I, how did you with no social media? Like, how would you digitize all? So that? at that so point, there was talk? there was MySpace, but yeah, people but would wasn't... also post like these photos on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, it became a very much so like word of mouth type of marketing mm-hmm. campaign. So it wasn't about like. I'm going to find the person that has 100 million followers or like 10 million followers. So I'm going to find a girl with about 2,000 friends on Facebook. She's going to post it to her grouping of friends. And I'll be like, oh, that's a really cute photo. I want to copy that. Yeah. And they're going to go to their local Walmart, buy this tanning sticker or their local right. you know, journeys and buy the tanning sticker. And that was like the marketing campaign. That's brilliant. So it was the early days of like digital guerrilla street marketing. Yeah. And uh, I kind of helped pioneer like that space of like, what's sexy, what's viral content, like doing the acts like parties and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, all sorts of just like shock jockey type brands. And at that point in my life, I had a faux hawk and I was like the quintessential <laughs> like MTV asshole. Wow, there you go. Okay. So I remember you, you went to Bentley, right? I did uh, yeah. my undergraduate degree at Bentley and I got okay. my master's at Emerson where I subsequently taught and I did some guest lecturing Sweet. out of the Harvard Innovation Lab. And you were telling us the story in your undergrad career that you had a strip, like a fully full strip club in your dorm yeah so how did you even <laughs> set that up <laughs> i'm very curious okay. this is, i'm really interested in this one <laughs> so i went to bentley very very popular business school and uh i studied economics so the law of supply and demand okay and then i also you know like just did some market research so i took it like a very business school type approach yeah which is we're about 60 40 males to females if you go to a party at Bentley, it's on average about 80% men and 20% women. Oh, wow. So that means there's a high demand with a very like finite grouping of women that are able to come to these parties. So what we did was we built stripper club like <laughs> poles into the room, drilled them into the ceilings. Who's we? You and your roommate? Me and my roommate. <laughs> just and two of you. And just two of us. Normal ass dorm room. Like a, well, was there was, it was a four person dorm room. Oh, okay. It was two of us that were like the ringleaders Got behind it. this. Got it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to hire. Like, and I lived with like football players too. And like, yeah. that was like my career. And I was in a fraternity. So like I hired security. I got a little bar built. And then I went to like Spencer's. You remember Spencer's? The oh store? yeah, of course. So I bought every room and I covered every square of this thing with LEDs and lasers yeah. and strobes. And then like Boston has so many colleges. I'd find girls from college, like 20, 30 miles away, have them strip at Bentley and take girls from like other schools and have them go to school that's about like, 20, 30 miles away from them. And then we were charging a flat fee for like the performance that like went to me. And then the wow. tips were splitting 50, 50 and I'd give like 10% of the tip to the security guy I'd send all the girls. So we'd have like, you know, like a thirsty Thursday party, yeah. a, you know, a taco yeah. Tuesday party. And then Wednesday it was like, I wanted to do jello wrestling, but the cost of doing jello wrestling didn't really work. So it became like chocolate pudding wrestling. Okay. And at That's that point, sure. like, you know, like I'm a kid, dude, like I'm not used to making real money. So I'm making like a couple of grand a night doing almost nothing. And I'm like bribing like RAs, residence assistants, like get away with it. And I remembered, uh, when I got caught with this was because like the, the third roommate who was like having the time of his life. Cause I don't think yeah. he like met girls until like he moved in with us as a random roommate. Cause our, Fourth roommate got kicked out of the college. Uh, he's like, yo, I'm going to take it down before, like, the inspection in the morning. So he didn't take down the stripper oh. pole or the lights and the lasers. And he left it up. And the person that gave us the fine, they wrote a striper pole. So oh. with my comedic sense of timing, <laughs> I went to Bass Pro Shop, and I bought a striper fishing pole. <laughs> and I went to the meeting. And I, I, I figured that they're going to be like, no, it's a stripper pole. We know that. And I took out $100 in $1 bills, and I spent, like, two days crumpling them up and, like, all these sort of things. I brought the fishing pole, and I'm like, what do you guys have against my my fandom of the sport of fishing, you know? (laughs) 
And they're like, no, it's a stripper pole. And I'm like, oh, that's for exercise. I teach like a dance class. And then they're like, I knew what the fine was going to be because I knew an RA. They're like, it's going to be a $100 fine. So I brought $100 in $1 bills. And I'm like, you don't want to know the things I had to do for this. And it was just like funny, you know? That's funny. Okay. So it's not that they believed you. It's you just wanted to fucking troll them. I wanted to troll them. I wanted yeah. to have fun. Like, I'm yeah. going to get a fine. I know I'm yeah. going to get a fine. But making it, like, I, I live life for, like, what it's it could have like, been. Like, like, if I made them laugh, they might have just been like, oh, this gets hilarious. Like, yeah. There's nothing, like, mean or malicious it's about it. It was a good business idea, and it ultimately I ended up selling it to, like, a, like, larger, like, provider of it because it's, like, very much so, like, a controlled business yeah. of, like, kind of, like, Boston thugs that run that business. And, like, hey, you built up a book of business. There's, like, a lot of people booking, and you're drilling into our business. We'll buy it out from you. You just don't compete in this business again. I'm, like, I don't really want to be the guy that does this. This is just, like, a funny idea that I did as a joke mm-hmm. that kind of took off for, like, a month or two. I, I don't understand how a college undergrad, or, well, at, yeah. at this point, you were a grad student. You're, no, you're, he's a junior. You're, you're an undergrad still. I'm a sophomore. How do yeah, you have the undergrad. idea to come up with a stripper, oh, a, a, a strip club in yeah. a dorm room? I was in the library. Is it because of your background in Italy? No, dude. I always found weird things to like sell. Like in elementary school, I was selling candy. I sold yeah, candy. I like, sold hall passes. I, I think, sold fake IDs at one point. You went from yeah. selling candy yeah, to there's selling. There's something in there. <laughs> there's got to be something else that is like. I mean, was it MTV? Well, think like, about think about like the primary motivators of what any guy after the age of sixteen is looking for. Sure. So girls, girls, they yeah, want to be okay. around girls. Yeah. So you were thinking. At, the age of 20 or whatever you were, well, like, you wanted to make money and fuck hot chicks. No, I actually <laughs> wanted to yes, make no. money. Yes, I wanted to make money. Those things were, like, separate, right? Like, yeah. I wanted to make a ton of money. Yeah. But I also knew I wasn't going to be in the selection group at that point in my life. Like, yeah. that was just, like, what, like, high school, middle what do school. What you mean by selection group? I wasn't an option. Like, I would not okay. get, be, I would not be selected in a lot of the scenarios. Okay. You weren't, so, like, the high school quarterback. Yeah. I wasn't, like, yeah. cool. Like, I wasn't, like, Bentley is, like, a very rich kid type school. I didn't come for right. money. I didn't have, like, these nice things. And they're, like, I just didn't have it like that. So, like, I was, like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do this thing. And if I'm presumed not to be an option... I can become her friend. I can make money with her. Right, right. So I was like, this is the best option. I'm going to make money with her, which is way better than spending money on her. Yeah. So it kind of like ended up working out that like I developed these great friendships with a lot of these women that like ended on to go do other things that were much better than what they were doing at that point in their life. But I learned a lot about like life and like intimacy and like just kind of what people are motivated by because like there are people that had all these connections, all these skills. Yeah. But they would still make sure, regardless of what they had going on, they would be there on Tuesday and Thursday night for the two, three months. That's of that brilliant. Going on. Right. I mean, so you, I mean, you said you're a lot of your friends. I mean, did you ever date any of these? Were you pretty much friend zone? Like, was your so I, I paid attention game, I to like pretty much any uh, gangster movie yeah. or any like business movie about like where things go wrong, and I'm like, you don't sleep with your employees. Okay. This is this is how you're gonna get caught. So like, you know, I I avoided the me too of it. Yeah, you got it early. I got it early. I was <laughs> yeah. like, listen, I am not about to, like, compromise this money. I'm like, I'm making more money than I've ever done. Yeah. I'm like, is she worth, like, that sort of thing? And I would say no in some of those scenarios. And sometimes, like, that has backfired because, like, I've been in a scenario actually later on in life where I was working with, like, a traditional model. Uh-huh. And, like, we started making some money together. And, like, I remember she had an assistant. And, like, she invited me over to, like, say, hey, we're going to have, like, dinner. We're going to come by and, like, meet up with me before met up with her and like she came out of the shower naked sat naked on a bed and had me sit next to her while she was on the bed and asked me if i wanted to have sex with her and at that point as a guy i was like yeah i kind of do and what came <laughs> out of my of. mouth is like hey like we're just starting to get to know each other and oh, make money man. together so like mm-hmm. let's like focus on that and then like three days later i got fired and i partially think i got fired because i didn't sleep with her so like no it can backfire on you really? yeah like dude like think about that like could be like a huge affront to your own ego I suppose. Like, I did it for, like, an ethical reason. But, like, if a girl goes to the effort of, like, dude, that's a pretty seductive, like, that's an indecent proposal. Might as well just have her legs spread open and, like, just Like, dude, that's an indecent, like, it's an indecent uh, proposal. Like, dude, if I could write a letter to 13-year-old me saying that this was going to happen, he'd be so excited. (laughs) He'd be like, I can't wait. This is about to be lit. But what you're going to say is, I just want to keep this professional. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, that's the part of the story that you leave out. like a scene in American Pie. Yeah. Like, you're gonna love this moment, man. I tell you, but 
but you're gonna reject it because you're, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot because you're an idiot <laughs> but also like that could have gone the opposite way like i could have done that that would have been great and then later yeah. on down the line i end up with a press article this guy's a predator so like yeah. i was like i don't want to like mix up my position you actually have I, a press article saying you're a predator no no, oh, no. i didn't okay. know he was, he was like the, okay, before okay, the me okay. too i didn't do it i didn't do it if i did do that and like our business relationship didn't work i would have risked being like positioned as somebody right. that used right. my job right. and that's something like i'm very like aware of like with what i do or like the access that i have is like if i'm gonna go out with a girl i want a girl that likes me for me not mm-hmm. because i have a nice watch or i'm in a nice car mm-hmm. or i have like the right friend uh, right, so it's right. very much so like vetting out like does this person actually even care about me as a human and that's very yeah. tough to do in LA yeah that's something that a lot of people that have like any level of cloud or doing something in the industry right. uh, deal with that's like a big struggle mm-hmm. most guys do the imagine. opposite they, yeah, they use their cloud they use their money they use their resources yeah. to sleep with right. girls Wow. So. Well, you're attracting a different kind of crowd with that right. strategy. Yeah, like, you're before, attracting toxic stuff yeah. into your life. Right. Come right. on, bro. You got to manifest right. that. No, so let's talk a little bit before what you just said. It's like after college, I know you moved to L.A. when you were 27. Yep. Um, and you didn't have a ton of money at this time. Yeah. So what was from 22 to 27, what was going on? Okay. So this is actually kind of funny. Uh, it was like an economic recession and like... <sighs> I had this thing with, like, Playboy going on, and, like, I was like, cool. Like, I want to kind of pursue something in entertainment. My parents like, you don't know anybody in California. How are you going to make this move? Get a job somewhere that you can get a job at and then try and get a transfer. So then I got a job at a bank, which I hated my life. And within, like, three months, I ended up going to California, visiting my friend that got me the gig at Playboy. And at this point, he was working with, like, casinos and nightlife venues in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I was planning on moving out here to do that. And then, like, that just kept kind of, like, being something I wanted to do. But then, like, leaving that was, like, so hard to convince Indian parents of, like, I'm going to leave a job that I have benefits and I have a guaranteed pay to go do this thing on my own. And uh, about a year and a half later, they started casting movies in Boston. I had a friend from college that was like, hey, I need help casting girls for semi-nude and fully nude roles. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you worked with Playboy. You've been around a lot of these girls. No mm-hmm. one's ever had a bad thing to say about you. And I've been around a lot of these girls. They all like really like being around you and everyone's mm-hmm. getting fired for sexual harassment. Of course. So I ended up like being the guy that was doing like some of these castings for like movies. Like that's my boy. And it was like, I was sending it to my friend who's the main casting director. And I was like, bro, I should start. He's like, you should start managing these girls. And I'd like be managing them, managing like the whole casting process. And at that point, like it was like glamour modeling that was popular in Boston. Mm-hmm. It's like these girls would send a photo and you'd see her in real life and she looked really different. It's like the casting director's like, you got to send these like, iPhone photos. And when you get these iPhone photos, bro, a lot of the iPhone photos that girls are taking in bikinis and lingerie are like somewhat like topless or nude. And mind you, like the, the requirement, what I texted them is, I need a bikini photo. Take it on your iPhone. They wouldn't want to take a new photo, so they'd just take the, like, sexy photo that they were yeah. sending to, like, whoever they were sleeping with at that point. Yeah. So, like, sometimes I'd, like, open up my email, and it'd be, like, a girl, like, doing some raunchy stuff. Oh, I'm, like, like oh. this is hilarious. <laughs> I'm, like, what is my life? Like, I'm, like, I want to cast somebody with some clothes on. Yeah. I want to cast the talent, you know? Like, I want to see some more acting skills. <laughs> All right. Um, Great. You have nice boobs and a butt. Yeah. Nice. Like, I was, like, I want to cast somebody wearing their clothes for a change. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's see their personality. I want to see their personality. <laughs> Sell me on a character, you know? sucking on a glass dildo in yeah, like, dude, yeah. It's like, why is she wearing is she a mane? Yeah, like, <laughs> what's her personality like? Tell me about right. you as a human, you right. know? Right. Tell me that you like iced tea vente lattes <laughs> from Starbucks. You're not a Dunkin' Donuts girl. Come on. You're a Starbucks girl. Okay, so you, you're casting, right? Doing castings. So for, for movies. Movies. Then is that what propelled you to want to come to L.A.? So I wanted to be in L.A., and that was, like, a way to meet, like, traditional celebrities and more athletes. And it got me, like, out in the social scene. So at that point, what I did was I had a ton of student loans. I still have a ton of student loans to this day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's highly expensive. It's more than my rent every month. Uh, it's crippling levels of anxiety some months. Sure. Uh, but basically what I did was I had celebrities and athletes write my recommendation letters, and I got into Emerson to defer my student loans for two years. And then I started doing, like, little tours with, like, these artists and celebrities I was working with. And I went to Emerson, which is big in entertainment, and uh, Ice-T's manager, Jorge, George Hinojosa, yeah. guest lectured one of my classes. He made an introduction to somebody at ICM, and they got me my first uh, gig out in the talent agency world. And then from there, I networked and uh, ended up finding an opportunity as a head of talent for various studios. I represented everybody from uh, Terrell Owens, Owens, the uh, NFL Hall of Fame athlete, Gabby Hanna, who's the Gabby show on Vine, yeah. to Dominic DeAngelis and Danny Noe on YouTube. And we did partnerships with, like, Disney, doing, like, marketing with, like, Pretty Little Liars and putting people in spots for Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Murder or Suicide Mountain, I think, was the name of the movie. Okay. Uh, deals with BMW and Coachella. 
all sorts of like wild like cross things because I realized that digital was gonna be the next iteration right. of where entertainment was gonna be consumed at. So I found this like crossbreed transitional role, and over the course of time, I ended up building myself into a uh, personality myself, which was pretty cool. Wow. Okay. Right. So, so you were you became a talent manager. Yeah, I became a talent manager, and then I transitioned from being a talent manager to talent There's just so much going myself. on. Yeah, I'm like, trying to find something. I, so before that... I go all over. What's your priorities these days after the whole college craziness that you did? So I've been doing a lot of work in the celebrity and entertainment space recently. Oh. I produced a movie that just came out this year. I got my Crystal Healing brand. Okay. Doing a lot of work with celebrities in the social media and like technicality of like what makes something cool space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently, most recently, I threw like a party for some rappers over the past weekend. Okay. Uh, which was interesting because it's been like over a year since I've had my it, last event. It looked lit on your stories. You had helicopters. You had the whole thing. Yeah, we had about uh, 2,000 plus people RSVP'd, about Holy 250 shit. celebrities that like came in and out, uh, including Rick Owens' wife, Michelle Lamy, was over there, which is like a pretty cool thing in like the hype beast community. Okay. And, uh, you know, I felt this was a win. We only had one helicopter and only about 24 police uh, okay. cars that came out. That's a win. Yeah, it's a win. That's a win. I feel like that's nice, a win. Nice. So I feel like I would describe Ashwin as a, I guess like a simple way would just be like he's a promoter for big events. But mm-hmm. I think a better way would just be like he's like a, a curator. Uh, well, another thing would be uh, coordinator, event producer, All right, event producer, consultant. Yeah, that you works. Know? I'm yeah. a merchant of cool. What I do is I sell cool. I make things like trendy i make it hip i curate whether the celebrities come what sort of audience it is what the event venue looks like making it instagramable so that it ends up on social media right and uh really just kind of curating the overall vibe so it's like kind of being a cultural advisor more or less. so is that all based on like intuition like if someone's like i'll throw a party for i don't know little wayne or whatever you kind of have an idea already in your head of like the crowd or the brands the whole setup so i think a lot of people think they know what they have or they think that like this thing is going to be cool just because the celebrity is yeah. that well known right. but to get it to be cool there's a certain way that you have to plant it out into the audience because mm-hmm. you could produce it as like, hey, I'm going to send this invite to just as many people as possible. I'm going to have the celebrity posted, but you're not going to have the right people there. Right. I know which publicists to reach out to. I know which entourage members to talk to. I know which pretty girls are going to make it like a fun environment because right. a lot of it is about like, I want people to engage or interact with each other. So when I first right. started doing these parties, I called them new Hollywood parties because my friends were athletes. Some of them were supermodels. Some of them were on the Forbes 30 to 30. It's a very eclectic grouping of people I'm around. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people view that the model might not be smart. But I know models that have like master's degrees in yeah. technical fields. And I had a playmate coming on my podcast that explained header bitter advertising better than like tech internet marketing gurus <laughs> do. Mm-hmm. Like she explained That's like insane. the level of like header bitter CPMs versus yeah. RPMs yeah. and how you make money. And I think a lot of times people just categorize as what is your job title? What do you do? And I think oh, that's why I define myself model? as a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I define myself as a life enthusiast. I do what makes yeah. me happy in that day. One day I'm renting you an exotic car. The next day you're paying me to help you with your social media. The wow. third day I'm helping you figure out what's cool. Right. right. Interesting. Who are some of the, let's get into needy. Yeah, right I'm now. down. Let's okay. Who are some of the biggest celebrities you've thrown events for? Uh, events wise, I did a party with Justin Combs, who's P. Diddy's son. Uh, we had everyone in the world of hip-hop and entertainment pretty much come through to that. Wow. Uh, that was a party we released the address two hours before the event started. Really? So no one, not even the celebrities, knew the address of the party okay. two hours before the event started. Snoop Dogg comes in first. He comes in like 30 minutes before the party opens. And I'm like, this is so cool. Snoop Dogg's <laughs> at this party. Yeah. And then from there, we have like a couple hundred people in line by the time that the doors are officially opening. Uh, it ended up being four helicopters, full-out riot squad, and a 1,000 people in the street. We had everybody from uh, Frank Ocean, Trippy Red. Wow. Uh, we had, you know, Curtis Jackson, Nick Knack, and Paddywhack. Mm-hmm. We had um, pretty much every rapper. Uh, Sway Lee was there. Wow, yeah. Uh, He's always out. <laughs> I've had, uh, what's his name? A lot of NFL players throughout yeah. the course of, like, my parties. I've had Fetty Wap come through. Uh, Pia Mia came through, who I have the biggest crush on ever at that yeah. point in my life. Yeah. And I tried to make my way through this massive audience to try and like find mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find her. There was no way that we were getting Pia Mia in. But I, I did my best to try and 
try and get her into that party. What do you think happens when it when it blows up to that degree? Is there is there something right or wrong in terms of like the guest list, the inviting? Like how are you throwing like what's your mindset of throwing like the perfect party? So we curate. Uh, I think the big thing is always go over on the amount of security that you need. Sure. Everyone wants to underestimate that like the crowd's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's not about if the crowd is going to be good. It's being prepared if things go wrong. Right, right. Uh, with this one, like one of the wildest part of this one, and like I, one one hand of me admires it, and one hand of me like hates that people did this is like this is a party off Mulholland. So oh, okay. like to get in and you want Narrow. to climb this flance, yeah. you got to scale a cliff that you could literally <laughs> die for, right? And my thing is like I'm in one hand, like my job is to carry and keep people out. I'm very strict with the door. If I don't, yeah. know, if, if I don't know you well enough that I trust you coming into this party, I'm not going to let you in. I've hired party crashers to tell me who are party crashers to keep these people out mm-hmm. of my list yeah. or which are the fake names they use to try and get in on some of these parties. Yeah. And uh, – like, I have a pretty good idea. And, like, one kid, like, kept saying, like, I know these people and they're on it. I RCP'd on this link. And I'm like, bro, I know you RCP'd on my link, which was yeah. for models and for, like, celebrities, yeah. which you do not fit the category of. If you're on the other person's list, they have my number. They would text me. Yeah. He ended up, like, bribing one of my security guards and getting in. And I was like, fine. You bribe the security guard. I'm cool with my security guard making some extra money on this. Mm-hmm. Then I had another kid that's like, see, I got in. I told you I knew these people. And I'm like, you can either confront me and I can have my security throw you out of this event yeah. or you can just have fun he's like no i'm trying to like explain to you that i'm somebody that's i'm like dude i have no interest in having this conversation as i'm watching these kids scurry over a fence on the opposite side the cliff side of Mulholland, and run into the party and i'm like i don't want to kick these kids out like as long as they don't tell me to my face that they yeah. jumped over this fence a i don't think they should be doing this but i respect the hell out of them yeah. risking their life like they deserve to be in there like the <laughs> highlight of the party that i did with young bands like last week was there's a 13 year old kid in line kept asking me he's like i'm here with this person i'm here with this person i'm like you're just not 18 i can't let you in like, <laughs> like go do some homework he's like he's like there, there's alcohol inside he's like yeah but have you been to a bar mitzvah and like, <laughs> so listen, i just want to like get some clothes and i got to like grab like some gear and gift it to the kid and like that was the highlight of the event for me because wow. like I wouldn't have the ability to work with celebrities to put on these events if there aren't actual hardcore fans that don't just care about being seen or getting in the photo with like a celebrity. And I'm sure you guys have seen that in the nightlife industry Mm -hmm. is there are more guys out there that are cloud chasing for fame that will push a girl out of a photo at a table in a nightclub to get a photo next to a rapper to say that they work with him. Yeah. Like I've literally been out with a girl and I've had a kid come up to me and pitch me on doing business. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to do business with you. He's like, listen, I have this rapper's phone number. And this is like probably one of the top two highest paid rappers in the world. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They had a community number. They had the mass texting mm-hmm. number. And he's trying uh. to pitch me on doing a deal with him because he has a mass texting number for a rapper that I've worked with. And uh, that's the world that we live in is everybody is trying to authority jack in a way that's not healthy. They're so, not able to provide real value. Right, right. So what, because he, I mean, we've thrown parties at, at the house as well, or Gene has. So what, moving forward, I mean, he's kind of gone through the highs and lows of throwing the party. What would you recommend us to moving forward to not get busted, to not have like a TikTok wave, to not like, to get more brand deals, to help us out with alcohol? Like, how would you By reverse TikTok engineer? wave, he means a random 16-year-old TikTok yeah, that's not coming, showing up. coming to the house. Yeah, so honestly, I set a very strict limit. Like, when you're doing influencer parties, it does have to be 18 plus to enter and 21 plus to drink. That's always the way that I've done it for an okay. influencer party. Uh, some of my parties, I just kept it, kept it strictly to 21 plus unless there was an exception for a specific celebrity. But if you're dealing with a TikTok crowd, most people are going to be between, like, 18 and, like, 30, generally, right. Right? right? So what you do is you just have a security guard at the door. You, as the host of the event, don't physically go out there at all right. period and you have one person that deals with like the celebrities or the bigger influencers that'll walk people in and you explain that issue at the door okay listen there's a liability issue we have a liquor sponsor yeah. so it needs to be 21 plus unless you are a specific celebrity that's pre-approved and we banned you in a way that you're not able to drink if do, you're entering this do you do a marker or like a wristband like, do you do markers when okay. i'm doing under 21 just because you can't get rid of a marker off your hand whereas if you yeah. do an under 21 yeah, wristband kinda. you kind of pull it off so i do yeah. a 21 plus wristband I do a VIP wristband and I do a okay. staff wristband so that you're aware of like who's producing the event, who's part of like the core family. Yeah. And those people can like go to the door. I don't want a VIP or a celebrity going to the door and be like, this person's good. They're with me. <laughs> yeah. Because that happens a lot of times. So have That's somebody crazy. random and be like, this person's there with me. And like, I remember like when I was doing the door at the party, there was this girl that came up to me and she's like, you're cutting this whole bathroom line. And I'm like, I'm out here. I'm running the door. I've been here since 3 p.m. Yeah. And 
people lie to you in the worst ways. I'm like, I just want people to lie to make me better. <laughs> like, I don't care that people lie to me. I can't get rid of that. I know people are going to lie to me in all oh, facets yeah. of my life. Yeah. But lie to me better. Yeah. Sell me on this lie. Don't tell me you've been here since 3 p.m. There's yeah. a handful of people that have been here since 3 p.m. Including I know me. everybody's name. I know what they look like. The majority of them are men. Like, yeah. I've literally thrown a party, and this is the best lie I've had, and this will be some good, good clickbait or okay. a thumbnail piece of content for you guys. I was running the door, and I came out to, like, walk in one of my friends, and this girl came over, and she's like, I need to talk to the person that's in charge. They don't see my name on this list. Beautiful girl. Absolutely stunning girl. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like, explain to me what's going on. She's like, you need to let me in right now. I'm on the list. I'm fucking Ashwin. I slept with him the other day. You're going to get fucked. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't really sleep around that much, you know? I'm like, <laughs> I would remember you. I would remember you. Like, I think you're a beautiful girl. Yeah. Like, if this did happen in an alternative universe, I'd like to be alternate me. If we switch. But I don't remember this. So I'm like, I don't, I'm like, oh, just have Ashwin just text me. And I don't know why I said that. That's just like literally what came to mind. I'm like, yeah, just have Ashwin text me. Yeah. Uh, to confirm that, like, and she's like, you're going to get fired if he has to text you. Like, he's pissed. Like, I'm texting him right now. He's like, tell them that you're with me. And I'm like, wait, like, what Ashwin are you talking about? Because, like, there's a nightclub promoter with a name that's similar to mine. Okay. So sometimes girls are saying, like, I know Ash Finn. Oh. We, like, you know, brown oh. guys, we all look alike. So <laughs> Ash I can kind of get it. I've let people in. Like, I don't know him. We have no relationship. I'm not friends with him. You guys yeah. might know him. But, like, I've just let them in. I'm like, brown power. You know, I'm yeah. happy for my brown homie. Yeah. Uh, so I, I let these girls in normally. And she's like, no, it's Ashwin. And then I go to the Instagram. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just, like. You know, just message him. Like, he'll respond right away. He knows I'm here at the door. And I'm like, and then like a minute or two goes by and she's like, he's pissed. She keeps going off at me. And I'm like, now your beauty is not in comparison with like how mean you are being to me. (laughs) You're not fucking me. (laughs) And then she's like, she's like, this is why you can never get a girl like me. And I'm like, well, uh, actually, if I go to my Instagram right now, I am Ashwin. And I don't remember being with you. But like what you've told me now is like, you know, you've contradicted yourself with this story. I can never get a girl like you, and I was with you the other day. I don't know what world I'm living in, but I know I know you're not getting into my door. That's <laughs> what she said. She just walked away. And oh like, yeah, huffing and puffing. But yeah. like, I am Ashwin, and I wish I, we were fucking, but, but we're not. It didn't happen. Like, why did me better? <laughs> right. Tell me you fucked She's my. She's walking away. You're like, give me your number. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Slide in the DMs. So like, let's just finish this episode up with the the big thing is obviously most of us get into nightlife and partying for women. And you're kind of just talking about that a little bit. Have, how has your success been since you've entered, really dove deep into the hip-hop world, the party-throwing world? Have you, are you seeing anybody? Like, how, how has that been going for you? Honestly, dude, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I think a lot of times people are like, once you have the watch, once you have the cars, once you have the followers, yeah. this is going to be so easy and this is so amazing. I have some of, some of my best friends are some of the biggest celebrities in the world, like big musicians, big athletes superstars in like the world of film and tv and they struggle with being lonely because everyone wants something from them and even me i'm much much smaller like i'm only like you know i'm a little under three hundred thousand followers on instagram i have a top 20 podcast i've been like pretty well known in like the stand-up scene and like being known as like a person in la like kind of like a socialite sort of thing uh is i find that i attract a lot of women into my life that would rather like the idea of being seen with me than being with me. So, like, what's your what's your filtering process? How have you identified the reals and the not? Honestly, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but after they blow me off or they treat me as if I'm less than in two or three circumstances, I kind of get over it. I move forward. I wish people the best. Like, dude, like, I've been stood up, like, yeah. no call, no text a lot of times. Yeah. And then people will see, like, oh, after they blew me off, I'm mm. at somebody that's popping a house. And like, hey, sorry, I got really busy. And like, yeah, yeah. like you didn't get really busy. You <laughs> just thought I wasn't cool. Or like, right. I, I, I approach random people at like events that I produce or if I attend somebody's friend's party and I don't really know anybody, I'll just talk to whoever I'm around. Mm. And I'll just have like a fun conversation. There's not necessarily a purpose of hitting on them. It's just, I'm trying to be sociable. I'm trying yeah. to meet people again. And uh, people be different until they see somebody famous come up and approach me. Like I've had a girl come over that, like, well, I was introduced to her by a friend of mine, right? She comes over, spends, like, two hours at my house, and then she drops that she wants to go to this certain influencer's party. Uh, and then she's like, yeah, like, all these promoters and these people that are influencers, like, texting them, and, like, I know the people that she's talking about, and, yeah. like, it's a nightclub promoter. Like, the promote, the, they don't know this person that they're talking about. Right. 
mind you, like, this is somebody that's kind of like my little brother. And she's like, are you sure? Like, they got, like, photos of us, and they had us, like, do these things. And, like, I'm like, you don't need to do anything. I'm like, I just need, like, a photo of you and your Instagram link. I'm going to text them, and you're good. And she's like, are you sure we're good if we come with you? So I bring them, and they're, like, so scared about getting in. We get there, like, right as the doors open. And, like, kid sees me. He's like, yeah, they're good. They cut them around the line. I let the girls in front of me. They both run in, like, they, like I was going to get rejected after I put them on the list. And, like, they oh were, like, God. really, like, distant and, like, kind of, like, low-key mean. And, like, yeah. in oh, one way, like, it was, like, yeah. it was, like, somewhat hurtful in a way, like, okay, I got you in the party and you think I can't get myself in. Yeah. It's, like, this is somewhat offensive. They it's got like the one thing they needed. L.A. cloud-chasing girl. Yeah. And to L.A. just to, you know, go to rapper parties. So I ended yeah. up at the front of this, like, bar and, the, like, the bartender knew me. He's, like, oh, you throw a lot of parties. He comes over to me around these girls. And the celebrity that they wanted to meet, it's, like, Hey, really nice to meet. Like, good. I'm really glad that you're planning on coming. Like, I didn't plan on coming. Like, at that day, I told him I couldn't make it, and then I changed my plans. Because I was like, I want to, like, hang out with this girl. And uh, the funniest part about this was, then she comes over, and she's like, hey, I, yeah. I didn't see you. Like, we just wanted to come in, like, get situated first. And I'm like, hey, they, they came here to meet you. You want to take a picture with them? And then I got them their picture. And then, and, like, they'd approach me yeah. a couple of different times when I was with somebody that they wanted to meet. But after that, she hit uh, me up, and she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, like, uh, we should like do this thing. And like, dude, I've had girls like come to like ask me to get, like get close to me, go on dates with me, to try and go to church with me and meet other people. It is I like mean, a like, that's wild brutal. That like that's crazy, man. Like, or like, dude, like it'll be like I'll be kicking it with a girl and she'll like like me for a period of time and it'll be like, oh, I want to be around this rapper or yeah. this person, and like it becomes like such a thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Do you like, feel that? Because I used to do that a lot too, or you know, if I had some connect and I could tell a girl's using that, I, I don't give it to them. Right I don't away. tell it. I don't tell them. Yeah, dude. Like it's a lot why, of times. Why like, would people, you give it to them right away? I'm involved with like an auto exotic rental business, and yeah. like I pick up girls in my Toyota, and I yeah. go to a regular spot. Like I'm not picking like fancy spots. Like I'd rather take a girl to a date at Barney's Beanery because I yeah. like Barney's Beanery instead of taking her to catch. Yeah. Can I get her into catch? Can I get her reservation at Craig's? A hundred percent because yeah. I know the right people. But like, if she doesn't want to be around me yeah. for what I am as a human, then why am I taking her into these nice, expensive things? Because that's just like attracting what you don't want in your life. Yeah. Do you want a girl that's posting? Like I did a video on TikTok mm-hmm. and it did not perform well at all. Mm-hmm. But I did a video where it was like I was in a nice Mercedes, like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. And I post a picture with like the watch, the AP, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. if you look like this Mercedes logo and the AP, that girl should not be in your car. And it took me a long time to realize that like people can like you for certain things and you can like benefit from that and you can yeah. like have a great time or have a great experience with somebody because they like you for who you are and the things that you have. But that is not going to make a meaningful life in your life. Yeah, there's no depth. There's no depth. It's like I'd rather, I'd rather hang out with someone that intellectually stimulates me, is on their own wave of doing their own thing. Yeah. But they don't need me for my access. I want to do things for the person that is my partner because I want to do that for them. Right, I'm not right. doing it to receive something. I'm not doing it to sleep with a girl. Yeah. I want to be able to just do something nice because I feel like doing something nice. And it's actually super yeah. funny because like I try and I have this commitment to myself that I try and do one nice thing a day. Okay. So like sometimes I'll plug people with an opportunity and like people like misinterpret it as like something wrong. And I'm a big fan of like little dogs. I love little dogs. I think yeah. they're the cutest thing in the world. So I compliment people <laughs> on their dogs. Okay. And it's really funny because like usually like Yes, I would probably be trying to like hit on a girl if I think she's attractive. But like, if I didn't do my nice thing for the day, like, oh, your dog looks really cute. And like, sometimes, like, wait, like, you're not like gonna like try and ask me out. I'm like, I didn't think I was supposed to. I was just trying to like compliment your dog because I, I like your dog. I, I'd be happy to. <laughs> I'd be very happy to take I'm you down. out for a drink of coffee. But you know, and this okay, is like the genuine stuff that people in LA just overlook, right? They don't talk about and. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they meet you at a party and they just think, oh, some high profile guy who knows all these celebrities and does all these cool things. But then it comes down to you're genuinely just looking for a connection with the woman, just like the rest of us. Bro, I care about human beings. And I think a lot of times, like, um, one of my biggest fault is, like, I'm a giver. Like, Mm -hmm. I like giving. I like being a nice guy. So, like, a lot of times that can backfire you in a relationship. Because, like, my personality, the brand that I built is the quintessential asshole. Yeah. I'm the guy that has, like, these crazy parties. I'm on a stage. I have security guards. I have these supercars. I have, like, all these popular people. And, like, some of my best female friends are, like, supermodels or, like, the biggest OnlyFans girls. And, like, that is threatening in one capacity. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm treating people well. And I have the friends that I have because I genuinely care about them if they didn't have anything. These people go through bad breakups or they're struggling financially. I'm there to lend them money. I lent money to a kid that I haven't talked to since college last week. I lent him, like, 200, 300 bucks. 
I lent a friend that I don't really even mm-hmm. hang out with that much $500 for a hospital bill. And, my, you know, my businesses aren't doing as great as they were pre-corona. Sure. But I'm in a position to help that person out, and I'm doing that because that's what I'd want somebody to do for me in that right. situation. So I'm trying to right. attract what I put out into the world, which right. is, like, if I treat enough people well, I'll do that. So, like, it was actually super funny because, like, uh, it was a couple it was a couple weeks ago, and there was, like, a girl that I was supposed to meet up with, and she bailed mm-hmm. and, like, didn't text or anything. And my message isn't, like, I can't believe you bailed. It's, like, hey, I hope you're okay. And she's, like, hey, like there's not, like, a condescending, like, post remark. And I'm, like, <laughs> no, I Hope that you're okay. Yeah. Totally chill. Don't yeah. really care. I'm moved on with my life. Yeah. I have other things I can do because like I am busy. Like why harbor that negative will or that negative self impact? Because guess what? That person missed out on a good person in their life. Yeah. It's their loss. For me, it's like, yeah. I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to keep booking work. I'm going to keep doing my next level of things. And I'm wow. going to be aware that this person wasn't there before. It's like the same sort of scenario. Yeah. If I'm at a party and somebody is dogging me, like I've gotten a message from a girl that, is now kind of like a social friend of mine, but it's mm-hmm. super funny because she became my social friend because a rapper that she's a fan of is my friend. Right. Whereas uh, she was mean to me like, like when she first met me in a line. Yeah. And like my thing was like, literally I just had, I'm like, hey, how long have you been in this line? That was literally the only question. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got. I, I wanted to like, I wanted, <laughs> yeah, it was like literally like dead to me. And then she's like, I got a message the next day and it's like, hey, I'm sorry. I was kind of like a bitch last night, but it was like, I was kind of hungry, and I'm like, it's like 10.30 at night. Like, the door's just open to this event. You just saw like, me do something. I'm like, you're being nice to me right now because you saw that yeah. this rapper is ah, my friend dude. or my name is on their flyer or I'm in their That's story fun. or I'm at their house. Yeah. She's like, we should totally hang out, like, right now. Are you, like, free? And I'm like, I'm at my friend's house. She's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm down to, like, come through. And I'm like, oh, I see oh you're think. down to come through to the, yeah. the multi-platinum rapper's house. <laughs> you have time for me now. You have Got time it. for me because of uh, who Got my it. friend is? You don't have time for me, but if you want to meet my friend, I can make that happen, too. Yeah, yeah so, like, I just, I've always struggled with him wrap it up here i've always struggled with like you give too much and you expect some manifestation or law of attraction thing but just it, for me maybe i'm a little more cynical where it just never came back or it came back in such a way where i'm like all right i obviously took advantage of me because you just want to get into this party or whatever but i, I always try to just establish that boundary early where i, I can kind of tell yeah over time who people are and i think you know as well just I, i'd say due to volume I think it's a twofold thing, right? Like, I've definitely, like, more often than not, I'd say the majority of times, it doesn't come back. Yeah. And I've accepted that. But it's also, like, I'm starting to get a better filter because, like, at some levels, that rejection is going to hurt you. And then you're going to revert. Like, with my lifestyle, I'm able to attract, like, a lot of, like, cloudy or, like, gold diggery type girls. Right. And I pass on that. I say no. Like, dude, like, I have a substantial, like, following. I have a lot of people that DM me. And, like... At a point in my life that I say no to that now, and it's like That's I'd impressive. rather pursue like a more meaningful thing. Now, does that mean I'm a perfect human in all these interactions? No. Like there have definitely been times in my past that like I've like taken advantage of the fact that like I have a relative amount of like followers or cloud or yeah. perception of who I am, and I've benefited because of that in my dating life. But like I think I'm mature enough to realize that like I'd rather be with someone that I'm interested by. Yeah. That has their own ambitions. So, like, I'm looking for a girl that has her own ambitions. It doesn't matter if she's, like, a real quote-unquote job. If she's, like, going after modeling, I want her to be going after modeling. I want her to be yeah. doing her thing. And I want to be able to, like, leverage friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. But I also want, like, the same thing back. You know, I want support for, like, the crystal business that I'm doing or with yeah. my stand-up stuff or, like, the now that I'm, like, pursuing, like, more on-screen stuff, like, collaboration. I want to build with other people. And I think that's yeah. the same thing both for, like, a girl that I want to kick it with, a female friend, a guy friend. Yeah. I care about people that I can build things with, ways of exchanging value and just yeah. treating people well. Dude, that's I love that, that's man. Awesome. I, I love that you have that mindset and you kind of adapt to this brilliance over time. So how about you let them know where they can find you, your your crystalline, everything yeah. else that you want them to know. So I have a website. It's called Ashwin Jacob, A-S-H-W-I-N-J-A-C-O-B.com. It has links to all of my socials, my Spotify pages, all that fun stuff. I have a crystal brand called Crystal Intention that's going to be dropping in the next two months. It has all these healing crystals out there. And if anybody ever needs like luxury cars or party or help with like growing their social media or their audience online, uh, feel free to just DM me on Instagram. I'm just at Ashwin Jacob. There you go. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.